Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. I'm Cody Goff, and today you'll learn about how to tell if your puppy is anxious and how to fix it with help from Dr. Courtney Campbell from Dog TV. Then you'll learn about why backburner relationships are bad for you. Ready? Me too. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If you or someone you know got a puppy during the pandemic, then congratulations. I'm sure you've had a lot of fun together, at least up until now. The thing is, you might be one of the many people who will physically be going back into your office soon. And that might make you wonder, how can you make sure your puppy stays happy when you go back to work? Fortunately, Dr. Courtney Campbell has some answers. He's a board-certified veterinary surgeon, animal lover, and host of Happy Puppy on Dog TV. And he had a lot of helpful advice for raising a puppy, or even an older dog. He told me that the best way to keep your puppy happy is by making sure he's well-trained, well-socialized, and maybe most importantly, medically healthy. And that led me to ask him this question. Keeping a puppy happy is great, but we can't all be at home all the time. So how can I tell if my puppy is happy even when I'm not around? Because aren't there situations where like you think your puppy's happy, but then maybe we leave the house and they're actually really anxious? Yeah, that's that's an excellent, excellent point. Because a lot of people, when they hear about anxiety behaviors in dogs, which is actually much more common than we realize, a lot of pet parents look at themselves in the mirror and look at their dog and say, ah, Glad that's not you. But what they don't realize is that those anxiety behaviors actually start when the pet parent leaves the house. So once you get in your car and you drive down the street, although you think your puppy's happy, they actually could be displaying anxious behaviors. So what I will say is this, is number one, if you know one way to tell if your puppy is happy is if you have fostered a spirit of independence. And that means you can be in another room and your puppy can be relaxed and happy and playing with an interactive dog toy. Or you can be out of the house and there's no destructive events happening. If you really wanna go high tech with it, of course, set up a little spy camera in your house so that when you leave the house, you know exactly what your puppy is doing. So those are number one and number two. Now, of course, it seems like puppies are always happy, right? You walk in the house and it's not just the tail that's wagging. The entire body is undulating from happiness and jumping around. And sometimes dogs will let out this inner squeal because they're so happy to see you. That's normal, right? That's normal. But when your puppy is alone, are they also happy? And I think the key there is, can they relax in their bed without showing any destructive behaviors? Are they whining? Are they restless? Are they hypersalivating? All of these are cardinal signs of potential anxiety behaviors. And that's when you know, okay, I definitely need to intervene before they get worse. Yeah. I, you know, my sister just got a puppy a couple of years ago and, uh, and has the camera and, and a lot of uh, high-tech devices to kind of keep an eye in. You know, me as an outside, not dog owner currently, you know, I looked at that and I was, you know, at times I'd be like, isn't that a bit much? Do you really need a camera? But it turns out that that really can help monitor their anxiety behaviors when you're not around. And I, I guess that's becoming increasingly important as people start to go back to work, the return to office uh, workers, you know, post-pandemic, maybe the dog has been around their owner 24-7 for the last year. Now they're going back. So any tips for that transition and making it easier? Yeah, it may, you're exactly right. It may seem like a little much, right? We're spying on our dogs now, but the reality is unless you nip those anxiety behaviors in the bud, unless you intervene, unless you do something about it, please understand this. 
those anxiety behaviors will become worse. That's why it's vitally important to in- integrate uh, integrate various modalities to help your dog with this transition. Number one, start by adjusting your schedule. We're living in interesting times. We were going to work, your dog got adjusted to that. Then we were quarantined, we stay home, your dog got adjusted to that. Now we're going back to work and now your dog has to adjust to a third time. Dogs are not sort of hardwired to deal with change constantly. They really like regularity and a consistent schedule because otherwise it stresses them out. So if you're about to go back to work, start walking them at the times at which you would go back to work, which is early in the morning or in the evening, or let's say you have the evening shift and then adjust them to that. Also, as I just said, building a spirit of independence. You can also incorporate a variety of anti-stress behaviors, everything from uh, those anti-stress vests that dogs wear, dog pheromones, multimedia like dog TV, you can put that on when they leave. You can also help them with uh, making sure that they have an interactive treat when they're at home. Uh, all All of these techniques are really important, but all of them should start with a foundation in exercise. A dog who is well exercised and well conditioned is automatically a less anxious dog. So if you are wondering, I'm at home, my dog's anxious, where do I even start? It is not it is not uh, unheard of. Just start with a walk. Just start with a 20-minute walk, then everything else will certainly fall into place. Turns out those doggy spy cams aren't really overkill after all. Who knew? Okay, so Dr. Courtney's show is called Happy Puppy, but a lot of people adopt older dogs, like from shelters and rescue groups. And if they're acting up, then what do you do? I asked the million-dollar question, can you, in fact, teach an old dog new tricks? Can you teach an old dog new tricks? That is the quintessential question people have been asking for centuries, and there's one resounding answer. Yes, it's all about positive reinforcement, right? And we use technical terms like operant conditioning, classical, you know, we've got the classical conditioning, operant conditioning. Forget all of that for a second. It's just about reminding your dog that good things happen when and fill in the blank, right? So if you want them to relax when you come home and not jump on you, teach them to sit. And when they sit and they're quiet, good things happen. That could be praise. That could be a tiny treat. Or if a dog is walking by and they like to bark out of the window, you teach them, go to your mat, relax, and they're now at their rest mat. And then they can be encouraged with a tasty treat or even praise. But good things happen when you go to your mat. So the three re's, right? I call them the three re's. You want to reinforce, redirect, and then refer. So let's say they like to bite your hands redirect them to a toy, all right? And let's say that you you see a behavior that you like, right? They Let's say they went to the bathroom outside. Well, let's reinforce that behavior, right? You see that? You give a tasty treat. And then, of course, refer. If they want to beg at the table, you say, no, we're going we're gonna to have a better place for you. Instead of waiting at the table for people food, you're actually going to go into your kennel or your dog bed where you can relax, and that is refer. So if you can re, you know, reinforce redirect and refer, you've pretty much got it made on, as you say, how to teach an old dog new tricks. It's funny. I have a one-year-old son and those three re's, I feel like I kind of use those 
I'm a human son. <laughs> Am I a bad parent? We're all mammals, man. It, it all makes sense, dude. It's one. It's one global tribe, you know, of mammals. So yeah, some of the some of the behavior techniques that we use on us humans can certainly work on our canine family members as well. So I've had like a year of practice, really. You really have, and you basically you're a veteran. I think you should just find get one of the breeds that definitely needs somebody who's smart and and experienced, like a bull terrier jump right into it and you got it so there you go you can teach an old dog new tricks i'm still not sure if i feel super ready for a puppy but i guess even i could learn a new trick or two especially with help from happy puppy on dog tv dog tv helps your dog to feel relaxed and happy with science-led content designed just for them and you can switch on joy with a special offer that we were able to get for curiosity daily listeners you can use code PUPPIES22 to score a free month at dogtv.com. Again, Dr. Courtney Campbell is a board-certified veterinary surgeon, animal lover, and host of Happy Puppy on Dog TV. His show is only about 60 seconds per episode, and Dr. Courtney is literally holding a cute puppy in some of them. How can you resist? Again, use code PUPPIES22 to score a free month at dogtv.com. If you've ever gone through a breakup, you know there's always that moment where you wonder if you should reach out to your newly minted ex. Your supportive friends probably answered with a resounding no! And now there's research to back up their breakup advice. And look, I get it. Making a breakup stick is a lot harder in the modern age, thanks to phones and social media. It only takes a few taps to slide back into their DMs. And even when you try to keep your distance, algorithms put that person right back in your feed. So it's not surprising that a lot of people keep ex-partners on the metaphorical back burner, gently stoking the failed relationship's embers in case they want to give it another try. But a new study found that strategy rarely ends well, especially if you're already in a new committed relationship. So for the purposes of this research, a backburner is anyone you have a romantic or sexual interest in, whether you were formally together before or not. It could be a crush, a hookup, or an official ex. What matters is that there's some interest on the stove stoker's part, they're not with that person now, and they hope to connect or reconnect romantically someday. Now, as for how common this is, 73% of college students who were surveyed for another recent study reported having at least one backburner relationship. For this study, 246 partnered people were surveyed, and nearly two-thirds admitted having at least one backburner relationship. Next, participants rated which of their backburners was most desirable and chose a label to describe that relationship, like current crush or friends with benefits. Scientists collapsed the different labels into X's, meaning there was a previous committed relationship, or non-X's. Researchers say that keeping an X as a backburner is like playing with fire. People usually keep X's as backburners due to unresolved romantic desires. Sometimes your carnal attraction to someone can get stronger post-breakup. Those who admitted to keeping exes as backburners reported greater attraction to their ex and diminished commitment to their current partner. 
There was also a link between their sexual activity and how much they messaged their ex. But even if things didn't get physical, people said they felt worse the more they kept up with their ex. Maintaining a back burner can clearly come back to bite you. So step away from that stove, stoker. I know Valentine's Day is just around the corner, but maybe now is the time to follow the advice of your friends and the research and maybe most importantly, the wise advice of Taylor Swift and tell your ex-interest that we are never, ever, ever getting back together. Before I recap what we learned today, all this talk about puppies got me very excited for this Sunday because that is when you can catch the best puppy event of the year, Puppy Bowl 18. Puppy Bowl celebrates pups in all their cuteness. It'll also showcase the incredible shelters and rescues and their staffers who dedicate their lives to helping animals find their forever loving homes. Like forever, but like you get it. Not to mention, you'll see more than 100 incredible puppy players sporting their Team Rough and Team Fluff bandanas. And you'll see them give it their all to chase and fetch and guard and heal and sprint to the end zone. So mark your calendar for Puppy Bowl 18 this Sunday, February 13th at 2 p.m. Eastern on Animal Planet and streaming on Discovery+. And you can find links to learn more in today's show notes. But speaking of puppies, right now it's time to recap what we learned today. Starting with the fact that if you're a pet parent, then you should check for anxiety behaviors when you're not around. Make sure your puppy can relax when you're in another room and check for destructive behaviors when you come home. If you're going to start being home less often, like if you're going back to work, then start taking them for a walk in the early morning or late afternoon so they can get used to that part of your routine. And when you leave, try cutting their stress by putting on a TV or the radio or get them an anti-stress vest or set up interactive treats. But most importantly, start with exercise. A dog that gets exercise will be less anxious, full stop. That also goes for humans, of course, but we're not talking about us now, are we? Actually, you know, I got an exercise bike and it's in my basement and I've been using it. So I am finally starting to exercise. I also found a used TV for $10 that I put down there so I can watch things and maybe even play video games while I bike. Yay cardio in Chicago in the middle of winter. But enough about my exercise updates. Let's get back to dogs and talk about how we also learned that you can teach an old dog new tricks. Just go back to the three R's. Reinforce, redirect, and refer. Reinforce good behavior, like give them a treat when they use the restroom outside. Redirect bad behavior, like having them bite a toy instead of your arm and refer them to where you want them to go. Like have them hang out in the dog bed instead of sitting in your lap when you're trying to eat dinner. Although, let's be honest, that's easier said than done, that last one. What dog has ever gone and laid in their bed while you're eating dinner? Come on. Maybe you're sitting there like, my dog does that. I've got a well-trained dog. Good on you. You are a master dog trainer if you've accomplished that. No one I know has. (laughs) So there you go. And we also learned that backburner relationships are bad for you. People who keep their ex around have reported greater attraction to that ex and decreased commitment to their current partner. But more importantly than that, they also said they felt worse the more they kept up with their ex. So remember, it's okay to be alone sometimes. 
When I was scripting this episode, I started looking into my Valentine's Day history. The first Valentine's Day I ever spent with my wife, we walked to Taco Bell because they had just started serving Taco Bell breakfast. Like the, the corporate, like the, it was one of the first years Taco Bell breakfast was available. And I was just like, I just really want one of those cinnamon things. And she was like, all right, we can go as long as we walk there just so that we're not, you know, just like taking a bus to Taco Bell and going back to our apartment. So we walked there. It was like 25 minutes in the cold, but it was totally worth it. And then like I ordered and I got back to the table and she had laid out the napkins and put a little electric candle in the middle of the table to make it look like it was like a fancy dinner date in the middle of the Taco Bell in Wrigleyville in Chicago. Oh, good times. That was, you know, that was one of the moments where I just knew. I just knew. If someone's willing to do this and then make it cute and fun and just lean into it, oh, that's the way to go. But Valentine's Day is not just for long, committed relationships. One of the most fun first dates I ever had was on a Valentine's Day. My date that day claimed that she didn't even know that it was Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't know how likely that is, but it was still a good time. Things didn't work out, but, you know, going on a first date on Valentine's Day, definitely superior, according to research, definitely superior to going back to that back burner. So keep that in mind, and I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day next week. The writer for today's story about backburner relationships was Steffi Drucker. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Cody Goff. Curiosity Daily is distributed by Discovery. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still join me again next time to learn something new in just a few minutes. Maybe even a new trick. And until then, stay curious. 